This is episode 29 on the Live Blissed Out podcast. Want to learn how to maintain your home? We'll talk about that. Did you know that you should set aside at least 1% of your home's value every year for home maintenance? For a $500,000 home, this works out to $5,000 per year or a little over $400 per month. There are variables. However, the 1% rule provides a safe estimate for maintenance savings and considers the physical size, the market, and overall condition of your home. Hello, action takers. Welcome to Live Blissed Out, a podcast where I have authentic conversations with business owners and subject matter experts to help us get the scoop, the 411, and the lowdown on a variety of topics. Tired of hesitating or making decisions without having the big picture? Want to be in the know? Then this is the place to go. I'm your host, Marissa Houston, helping achieve bliss through awareness and action. Thanks for joining me. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. Heard of 17 hats? I use it to organize and automate my small business, and I swear by it. Their feature-packed platform saves me time and money and lets me focus on what I do best, not paperwork. And only because you've been referred by me, a 17 Hats member, you can get this special pricing, half off their normal pricing for two years. You can save even more if you sign up for longer. Just follow the link in the show notes to let 17 Hats know I sent you, help support the show, and get this limited-time, invitation-only sale pricing. 17 hats. Goodbye clutter and chaos. Hello, organized and easier. My guest is Julie Kessler, VP of Business Development for a Buyer's Choice Home Inspections in Lone Tree. Julie enjoys connecting business professionals as well as educating realtors, home buyers and sellers about who they are and how they do things differently. She's continually asking for and finding ways to make real estate agents' lives easier by creating resource pages, vendor lists, and videos. She makes your home buying or selling experience as stress-free as possible. For more information, visit her website at abuyerschoice.com forward slash loan dash tree. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Marissa, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking to you today. There are a lot of homeowners out there who know that there is a lot required to keeping your home maintained appropriately so that your house is always protected and that everything is running the way it needs to be running. But a lot of times we don't know exactly what that means. I have a million questions for you about what is required to keep your home as maintained as you possibly can. So exactly what is the role of a home inspector? A home inspector generally you will only encounter them maybe twice in your life when you're selling a home or when you're buying a home. So we have pre-list inspections that is information for you as a seller on what the buyers are going to walk into the house and say the outlet covers are missing, the doorknobs are not attached appropriately. Those are things that the seller can do to fix so that their home will sell faster. And then when you're purchasing a home, that's a purchase inspection or a buyer's inspection. And our inspector will go with the buyer if they're available. We like our buyers to attend the inspection. 
inspection and look at the home from top to bottom because this is your biggest investment. So you want to make sure that it's had a checkup. It's had a look over. You wouldn't buy a car sitting on the side of the road and say, hey, I'll give you $1,500 for that car. You would want to take it to a mechanic, right? (laughs) And make sure it's functioning properly. That's essentially the role of our inspectors is to inform you about this big purchase you are going to make. So I think that most of us are familiar with a home inspector because if you've ever bought or sold a home, you've come across that process. But I think a lot of us probably are not aware that you can also ask a home inspector to professionally inspect your home even when you're not buying or selling. Can you explain a little bit about that? Certainly. This is something that I have been focusing on as I see having been in the home inspection business with my father, Dave, for four to five years. Nobody offers a maintenance home inspection. So when you have purchased a home, it's exciting. You're keeping track of things and it's new and you know what's going on. Five years in, you probably haven't checked your air conditioning system. Have you changed the filter in your furnace? Those are the maintenance type things that go into deferral. People forget to do them. Therefore, their home kind of deteriorates. So having some maintenance sheets so that you know what to do helps you when you call a home inspector to say, oh my gosh, I've been in my house for 10 years. I have no idea why this window won't close, why this door won't open, and why my heat doesn't make it all the way upstairs. That is a fantastic time for you to call a home inspector for what we call a home checkup, just to come see what's going on. What should your next steps be to make sure that your home is functioning as perfectly as it was when you first purchased it? How often do you recommend that folks call you to have an inspection? Let's say that somebody's been in their home for five years. Do you recommend that within that time frame would be a good time to get a checkup? Or is it 10 years? Is it 15 years? What's the timeline we're looking at? The timeline on that would depend, I would say, after a decade. 10 years. However, if you are someone who doesn't do anything to your home, any of the maintenance, and let me just be honest with you, (laughs) I have these wonderful maintenance sheets. We don't do anything that's on them in our own house. (laughs) So luckily, I know a great inspection company will have them come look at it in five years. (laughs) But if you are very good at doing some or most of the maintenance type things on your home, then you would need it every 10 years just to make sure you're doing the right things in the right places. And so it's like anything else. The more you take care of your home, the less you're going to need. And the less you take care of your home, then the more you're going to need to have it checked. And make sure that a professional, I guess, is looking at it from a different lens because a lot of us just don't know exactly what we should be looking out for. You don't know what you should be looking out for and you see it every day. So it presented as a problem at one point and you're like, oh my gosh, I should have that checked out. But then life happens and you forget about that. Luckily for whatever reason, dental care here, every six months, most people head to the dentist, get it checked out. If we could implement that sort of maintenance inspection on a lot of homes, they would be better prepared to sell and easier for people to buy because they would have the upkeep. And I assume it also helps us prevent major issues from happening because you catch things early. Absolutely. And having an inspector come to your home every five years, every 10 years is a great idea because structurally, the structure of the home, they can see things that you wouldn't necessarily be alerted to. 
and outside the grading, the landscaping around your home, they will be looking at that and climbing on your roof and looking in your attic and going into the crawl spaces, places that normal folk just don't want to go. <laughs> Help us understand what happens after the inspection. How does that look like? So for example, you inspect my home and now you give me my results, whatever it is that you came up with. Now what happens? Do you just hand that over and let the homeowner decide how they're going to address each issue? What does that look like? In a buyer's inspection, there is a full report that is delivered via a PDF file the same day of the inspection. That is priced based on the square footage of the home. It's a report that shows you everything that we found. Everything from there's a hole in your roof to the outlet cover is loose. That all shows up on there. And then three days later, you get a booklet with all these great maintenance sheets. So whether or not you read that booklet is something, but the report stays with you for always and forever. As long as you own that home, if you have purchased a buyer's inspection from us, as long as you own that home, you can call us for technical support as long as you own the home. If you only have a maintenance inspection, which is where our inspector comes out, looks around the home as you're taking notes, then that's all you have is your notes. You can get from me the maintenance sheets if you should like them. But the buyer's inspection, whether or not you're buying a house, is the best way to get the report to show you all of the items that we found while doing the home checkup. And then at that point, then it's my responsibility to figure out what I need to do to get whatever needs fixing. Absolutely. In addition, I have a pretty robust vendor list so that after we have told you your toilets are leaking, your sinks are a mess, your furnace needs replacing, your water heater doesn't work, we can give you a list of all those people who can come in and assess the situation further and tell you what the price to replace or repair would be. Wow, that's really helpful. So now that we know exactly how often we need an inspection, why inspections are important and what to expect when we get the results from the inspection, let's talk about how we go about keeping our homes maintained. There are different seasonal tasks that we need to be looking at or doing, I guess, on a consistent basis. And that's summer, spring, fall, and winter. What are the top things that we need to be looking at and checking on a consistent basis during those seasons? That's a challenging question to answer. So luckily, I have seasonal maintenance sheets for each of the seasons. For spring, for example, you should go ahead and get your air conditioning and your heating system checked over, right? That would be the number one thing to do when spring comes. Just make sure that both of those home systems are operating at the best level. <laughs> you should also make sure that you are checking your smoke, carbon monoxide monitors, and security alarms, making sure that those batteries are fresh and up to date and that that system is working in your home. Then as far as not so immediate would be looking at your foundation walls for cracks, leaks, or signs of moisture. That would be a health and safety item. If you have water dripping into your basement from an outside window, you would need to have that checked out. Cracks in your foundation, in your basement walls, if you have an unfinished basement, those are easier to see. <laughs> Just looking at those and then getting a professional opinion because some cracks are really detrimental and other cracks are just settling of the house. So that would be the things to look for in the spring. So now we're moving into summer. Okay, this one's fun. I would start with check and seal off any holes 
in your exterior siding in your roof to prevent critters from entering into your attic because that could lead to critters and that would be bad news. Repair driveway and sidewalk cracks as needed. Those are not detrimental to anything, but they can become a trip hazard for your visitors. Yes, that's right. So yeah, summer is kind of more fun. One thing that I would highly recommend because it could become a fire hazard, disconnect the duct connected to the dryer and vacuum out the lint from the duct and surrounding areas. If you have a brush and you can clean that by yourself, I would never do that by myself. I would hire somebody to do that. But if you know somebody who knows how to do that or you need a professional who knows how to do that, I could lead you in that direction. But getting that lint out of that dryer line is a really great idea in the summer. Just making sure that's clean and all of that outgoing air can flow. Then we're on to fall. Yes, fall already? Oh my goodness. The year is flying. (laughs) So in the fall, like in the spring, you had your air conditioning and your heater checked up. You should do that again in the fall because you're switching over the systems. So making sure that the HVAC is ready to go, that filter has been changed and it looks like it is in good operating order. Change your filters on your furnace. Remove your grills from the forced air systems and vacuum inside of the ducts. Most people are going, Julie, what are you talking about? Those little vents, right, that are sitting on your floor, you can pop those off Stick your little vacuum hose down there and just vacuum it out a little bit. Maybe you want to vacuum the vent. Maybe you want to stick it in the sink full of hot water and clean all your vents. It's not cleaning the whole vent system, but at least that area, especially in your kitchen where food gets dropped in there or in the bathroom where there might be some (laughs) Q-tips. Just check those out in the fall. Things we don't normally think about. Yeah, it's not, but it's kind of an important one. And the last one for fall. This fall, we got hit with that snow real early and most people forget to drain and store their outdoor hoses. Close the outdoor hose connection so that there's no water that could freeze and then bust your pipes. A busted pipe is not fun. No, it's not. And a popular thing is people forget to disconnect their hose in general. And so then even though the water's turned off, there's still water in the pipe system. And then when it freezes, it explodes. It explodes. <laughs> and neither one of those is a no, fun situation. definitely not. <laughs> So, and to be honest, there are a lot of people that move here from places that don't have snow. And so they're not aware of a few of the things that you have to consider when you're living somewhere where it snows versus where it doesn't. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely something to look out for. Like blowing out your sprinkler system is something if you're living in a place like Florida or California where it doesn't get that cold, most people don't think about that. But when it snows, you definitely have to blow out your sprinkler systems. Please do that. All your outside water, just turn it off and blow it out in the fall. So now we're moving to winter. I was driving into a a coffee shop the other day and there was a sign at this apartment building and it said exactly what is on our winter maintenance sheet. It's going to be cold. If you have a sink or a faucet that you don't use very often, let it drip so that the pipe doesn't freeze up. People don't think about that. If you have a sink in your basement that nobody ever uses, you know, you're going to want to let that drip so that you don't have a frozen pipe down there, especially because it's in your basement. I just did a video on this on my YouTube and IGTV channel. Check your electrical cords, plugs, and outlet for all indoor and outdoor seasonal lighting to ensure fire safety. If those plugs, cords, or outlets are worn or if they feel warm to the touch, get a new one. Yeah, it's better to be safe for sure. 
It is better to be safe. Those are highlights of the sheets that I have. In Colorado, we have decaying uranium underneath the soil all over Colorado. It is also in other states. It presents as a radon gas that comes into the home. Therefore, your home should have a radon test every five years, even if you have a radon mitigation system, because those can quit. They're a machine like anything else. So a radon test is a fantastic idea just because it's a carcinogen, it's a cancer-causing gas that you want to know what your levels are in your home and see if you need mitigation to get that gas the heck out of there. Okay, that's really good to know. Not meaning to alarm anybody, Colorado's still here and uranium has been here, that decaying uranium has been here forever. But it is certainly a great idea to know what your radon levels are in your house. And once you've determined what those radon levels are, is there a uh, process to lower those levels? Yes, that is when you would want to have a radon mitigation company come out and give you a quote for what that would cost okay. and then have that installed. So I don't mean to alarm anybody. If you haven't had a radon test, it would be a very fantastic idea. When you buy your home as well or when you sell your home, is that part of the process for home inspection? It is for us. Whenever I get a phone call of someone needing a home inspection, I ask, fantastic, would you like a radon test and a sewer scope? Is that optional or is that mandatory when you buy or sell a home? No. So interestingly, a home inspection is completely optional. You don't have to do it. But like I said about buying a car off the side of the street, you can do that and drive the car and it could work fine forever. However, you would want to take that car to a mechanic. When you're buying a home, inspection is completely optional. A radon test and a sewer scope, completely optional. However, those are things you can't see. So you should have someone check it out. Especially if you're buying, and more importantly, because you want to know what you're getting before you even move in. And so when you work with the realtors and have that home inspection done, let's say for a buyer, they still have the option to say, I don't want a home inspection. And even if they do, they also have the option to say, I'd like to include the radon as part of that process. Yes. So it has to be very specific in terms of what you're getting. You need to work with your home inspector and your realtor to make sure you know exactly what they're inspecting to begin with. Yes. And I make sure to walk them through that. That's really good to know because you just hear, oh, yeah, I'm getting a home inspection. You don't really know what that means. No, you don't. And so thank you for allowing me to explain, <laughs> hopefully, what some people can expect. Thank you, because that's the whole point, is to help people be aware. And through that awareness, they are a little more confident so that when they need to take action, they know what options there are so that they can make a choice that is best for them. Because every single situation is always different. So all we're trying to do here is give them options and help them make better decisions and be more aware of the consequences of those decisions as well. Is there anything that people should be prepared for when they decide to call you for an inspection? Is there anything you'd like them to have ready ahead of time? What are some things that might be helpful for you to be able to serve them in the best possible way? The address of the property that you need inspected. Any questions? or concerns that you have. The more of that information I can put into the inspection notes and forward on to our inspectors, the more information they have ahead of time, the easier it is to address those concerns immediately when they show up. And when they call, usually what is the turnaround between the time they call and schedule to the time you actually show up? Is there a specific timeline or does it vary? 
I would say that it varies, but since we have two home inspectors, we can accommodate you within the week. How do people get a hold of you and your company? We always appreciate a phone call or a text. You can schedule online and that walks you through it, but we don't have the option for maintenance home inspections on the online scheduler. So the best way would be call, text, or email. And what is the best number to call? The best number would be mine. That number is 303-884-3770. And what is your website? It is abuyerschoice.com backslash loan, L-O-N-E dash tree. A buyer's choice loan tree, essentially. And that will be included in the show notes of this podcast so people can access it whenever they'd like. So the best thing to do is just call you and let you know exactly where they're located so you can determine whether or not that's an area you can service. Julie, this has been so helpful. I find that people hold off or put things off, as you said, because they're just not comfortable with what to expect. They don't really know whether they need something. And when they do, it's like it's too much of a hassle. I don't really know how this is all going to work. The whole point of this podcast is to help listeners get a sense of, okay, do I need this? And if I decide I need it, what are some things I can expect so that when I pick up that phone, I'm a little more prepared, a little more confident, and I know exactly what to expect from the process. So thank you so much, Julie, for sharing your insights with us today. I think that is wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. What you're doing is phenomenal. I know that you are educating many of the people (laughs) who are listening to your podcast. Thanks, Julie. That's all for this episode of Live Blissed Out. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Julie Kessler for being my guest. If you find value in our show, please visit liveblissedout.com to reach out, subscribe, and share on social media. This show is made possible through listeners like you. Thank you. So long for now, and remember to keep moving forward.